Welcome to the Addiction Connection. We like to believe the opposite of addiction is actually connection, and we are going to attempt to educate you and possibly even entertain you while we navigate all topics addiction. Hi, I'm Dr. Kirk Devine. And I'm Dr. Heather Bell, and we both provide primary care and addiction services. It's our goal to help you learn more about the disease of addiction and its treatments. We're back again. We are back. We're like, who's going to talk? And we're still talking about the kratom. This is the part that's very new. Yeah, and it's a little different than what we've talked about in the past. Just some interesting stuff that there's a lot more stuff in the in the literature now than there has been, uh, I think. And so, but this is going to be a, probably a little shorter podcast. So, yes. yeah, if you're just driving to the grocery store, you got plenty of time. As long as Heather shuts her mouth, no, we and this will be shorter. I want to start with the most obvious thing because it is like not FDA approved and not like regimented and all of that. You cannot buy Kratom in any way, shape or form that has assurance of purity, quality, potency, or safety. Yeah. That's kind of a problem. If I went and bought bread and they said, bread, well, yeah. And they said, well, we really can't tell you what's in here. Uh, Good luck. It's probably got some stuff in it that you'll like. Sheetrock. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I'd probably wouldn't. Sawdust. Hold it. I'm drinking diet something. I'm yeah. thinking mm-hmm. I can't do an advertisement, but I don't know what's in that I mean, either. You could. It's not your company. Anyway, so let's talk about adulterated Kratom. <laughs> so when you're talking Kratom, just like when you're talking a lot of other substances, you know, it's kind of like when heroin started to be stepped on by fentanyl, like it's going to be stronger when you start gradually adding more concentrated or stronger opioids to it. So there is cases of adulterated Kratom where they, you know, try to select out the certain metrogenine and 7-hydroxymetrogenine to make it um, more potent. Yeah, and and the problem is that there's also certain ones that have been turboed up, if you will. Oh and they, Yeah, and they put in like phenylethylamine um, and desmethyltramadol, and yes. uh, there's actually been reported deaths from those two particular things. I do remember this article on the multi-state salmonella outbreak that... That's fun. How that, long did it take them to figure out it was related to the Kratom and not like something at the hospital? Or at the hospital, <laughs> the grocery store. You just mentioned grocery store. I won't say which ice cream, but when I was early in my career, we had a little out, ice cream outbreak uh, mm-hmm. of salmonella in our county. And that was pretty interesting. So, so yeah, now it's Kratom or Kratom ice cream. I don't know if they make that. Okay. But, and then the heavy metal contamination, which is super cool and coming up very shortly. Yeah. That's some interesting stuff. Unlike the next slide. <laughs> yeah. So I'm sorry. I thought it was a couple slides away. No. So there was this. Is this a study? Yes. Yeah. They basically took 30 different Kratom products. And they actually, in the initial study that was done, they were looking for nickel and lead. Um, hmm. I'm not sure why nickel, but uh, also lead. And But significant level of nickel in most of them. Yeah, well, all but two. But nickel, did they get rashes or what? I have no idea, but all had levels, you know, all but two had high levels of lead. So that kind of honed in, ooh, we should be looking at lead because, well, you know, we all know what happens if your kid eats eats the paint off the walls from the 1940s home. It's not good. Right. And so what they felt that, the greatest hazard, even though some like all of these products at these head shops, the eight different products, had high levels of the lead, nickel, iron, and cadmium. But breaking it down, the lead component was the greatest hazard. Yeah. And why is that, Kurt? What does lead toxicity cause? Why do you look at me that way? I'm totally normal. 
I grew up in a fairly new house. Um, but, but lead, I did. Uh, but lead toxicity. You were born in the time of lead paint. I was. That's like my mom's like, hey, help us paint. Oh, this tastes good. Um, but anyway, uh, you know, if we think about lead and lead toxicity and things we see, it's often these neurologic, psychologic, behavioral kind of things that, you know, pop up in kids that are getting lead. And there's been isolated cases in the country where, you know, these kinds of things have happened, you know, from pipes or from paint and all these different things and in, in different housing developments. And, you know, I think that we often have to think, too, if people are coming on very high doses of kratom, could some of these, the question's been asked is some of these symptoms potentially, could they be caused by higher levels of lead? Um, and, and generally now we're talking about adults and how high does the lead level have to be to cause trouble? Hmm. So, right. I mean, you screen a one-year-old and a two-year-old for yeah. lead, but... Yeah. And you don't have to take that much. And so ingestion of greater than 50 grams of kratom. So that's where you start to worry about the potential for lead toxicity. And I wish I knew how many scoops that was or how many capsules. Yeah. And I, it's interesting because my nurse this morning said, you know, uh, are we going to start screening people who are taking kratom? Uh, we're going to check their lead level. And I'm thinking, well, I guess it depends on how much they're taking. Well, their lead and their liver function tests. Yeah. I mean, I'm probably not going to check a cadmium level. I'm probably not going to do that. Um, <laughs> but think about it. Some of the patients that are taking large doses, and I can think of one of my last patients was, was having a lot of stomach trouble at the same time. Didn't feel good. Mm. And so was that the lead? I don't know. And guess what he was taking? He was taking, he, he claimed to be taking 60 grams a day. Well, that's more than 50. Is it? I, yes. So, yes. <laughs> um, so, so. Although, you know, I'm not going to make recommendations, and I don't think you are, of, you know, hey, if you've got somebody taking this much Kratom, should you be checking their lead? I, I probably will if they're yeah. taking a bunch or it's they really don't have an idea. I don't think it's a terrible idea if you're drawing their blood, check a lead. So if any of you out there are doing this, let us know if you find some elevated blood levels. Yeah. I think that'd be interesting. Yeah, it would be. So let's kind of flip. We alluded to in the last week about harm reduction and so, you know, we kind of alluded to also as to why people start using Kratom. And there's a lot of survey studies out there. 15 to 20% of people who are using Kratom are taking it as a replacement for opioids or as a way to try to get off of their opioids. Oh, I tell you. And I struggle with this because uh, I'm coming into this whole thing being really annoyed by Kratom, okay? And then to read this that, in fact, it doesn't have the respiratory depression, doesn't have some of these other things, and and people don't get as, you know, as dependent probably in general on this. Do we consider this a harm reduction thing? I don't know what I you think. I have a hard time with it because I, I feel like with all the drug interactions out there, with all the liver stuff, there's mm -hmm. so many. Now we're adding lead on top of it. Like, I don't know. Harm reduction shouldn't cause more harm in other ways. Yeah. Yes, it's better for the overdose risk, but it's so not like it's this is a gray zone harm free. Uh, and we have that we have gotten a call. Somebody said, you know, can you use kratom to taper somebody off, you know, fentanyl? Well, and I, I would mean, say, well, if we didn't have buprenorphine, um, but but this is this is a tough one. And I I I guess I feel after reading all this that in a way it is there is less overdose. There's clearly less death even from drug interactions. Um, am I going to use that way? I don't think so, but I can understand why a patient would. Right. You know what I mean? So yes, this I, is I get it. <laughs> only my opinion. It's not based on any 
studies or fact or. I'm not going to recommend it. Like, it's not going to be my go-to. No. You know, to help with, no. Okay, so let's talk about legality and legislation. You know, there are plenty of states that have made it illegal. Mm. Yeah, right next door, Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Indiana, Arkansas, Alabama, Vermont, and Rhode Island have all decided to make it illegal. And then there's some other ones that are different colors that are not perfectly legal. And then we go to the amazing, amazing American Kratom Association. Yeah, and I, you know, I get it. There's people that are using this that probably think that this is the deal. Uh, You know, we have a very narrow window of seeing how this plays out and we see the worst of the worst right right um and i get it they they look at this as something that they can that they can use for particular things but i feel like everything in this fact sheet doesn't actually fit the facts of the data we just talked about yeah zero deaths uh proven to be caused by kratom that's probably not exactly right no we just said seven yeah and uh no more potential for substance use disorder than caffeine. Yeah, I'd probably disagree with that. I'd love to argue that because I have never put anybody on a medication for caffeine. Right. Other than more caffeine if they're withdrawing. You just <laughs> oh, hold it, that's personal story. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I mean a friend. A friend told me. Right. I mean, that that is so true. You know, you. It, I've not had a successful patient who successfully just tapered themselves off Kratom and didn't have all the opioid withdrawal or opioid you know, thoughts or the, the triggers and the cravings. I don't, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I think that everybody's entitled to their opinion. Mine would be, uh, I, I think there has been some significant morbidity associated with Kratom, which we've seen in our clinic. Um, and I do think it's a little more of an issue than caffeine. Um, so I love this. 0% of EMTs responding to an online survey report of and Kratom. No one's going to be online doing a survey on this unless they are pro kratom yeah so well the thing is you know most people we talk to don't know who what kratom is right be like uh you know they sent me something and said how many martians do you know that do this i don't know any martians and then we have the whole national poison data system and it's crazy from 2016 to 2018 the data line shoots almost completely vertical yeah so it's going up. And I think, you know, you and I, if we drive to Brainerd, we bump into a place that's got a big blinking red Kratom sign. I mean, okay. Kratom's everywhere. And uh, I, I don't know if you remember that day I sent you a picture of that. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. And it was like, you know, you can get it in right in right across from our police station. You can, right. you know, it's, it's everywhere. And so I just think people need to know about it. Okay, so if we're going to kind of summarize here a little bit of the key considerations about it, like what do you do? There's a lot of different things. Is that obviously there's policy and legal issues. You know, are you looking at safety measures, availability? These are all things that kind of play in. What about patients? You know, do you have to do their lab work? Do you have to monitor for things? Are you going to put them on some type of MOUD? Um, Making them aware of the risks. Like let's talk about lead here, people. Um, Public awareness. Yeah, public awareness, you know. And I, I do think it's really important that uh, patients, well, I can tell you, the last Kratom patient that I saw had had a previous substance use disorder that I'd seen him for. And then he started, he came across something that said Kratom could be addicting. And, of course, he was taking that. Um, so he came in to talk about it. So it, it's really educating patients well, as well. They think it's unnatural, whatever. So, yeah. And then, you know, is there 
potential for research about a therapeutic role or a treatment thing or pain management thing. And I mean, at least it's not a schedule one like marijuana so they can actually study this. So, I mean, I don't, I don't oppose that. I don't oppose the studying of it once we can purify it like penicillin down to what it actually is instead of these other compounds. Well, you look at some of the uses now and they're looking at with MDMA, with, uh, some of the hallucinogenics and, you know, do I totally agree with some of this stuff? Not totally, but I mean, I think we need to see where it goes. Right. And so so just obviously we talked about the pathophysiology and the research. So, yeah. So that's Kratom. So I don't know if there's a, there is actually a little thing there on the summary. And I think the, probably the biggest thing, um, if I was going to put any point that you want to talk to patients about is that the drug interactions are what are most often serious. Right. And so make sure that people understand if they're using that. They're careful. I also think another big point is knowing what it is. Like yes. it's, it's like not even just screening for use disorders, but like you need to know what this is and you need to ask for it. I mean, or ask about it, not ask for it. <laughs> <laughs> we actually add it. It's actually on our intake forms, but you know, and not saying everybody in the universe needs to know every detail about all these things, but it is important because patients sometimes think that something that is herbal or is safer. Yeah. It's not the case. So. so I think that's where we end. All right. See you next week. This podcast is brought to you by Ars Longa Media. And produced by Dr. Patrick Beeman. And of course, the music is by Battle Legs on Spotify. Reach out to us for any type of information or questions. Please email us at the addiction connection podcast at gmail.com. Just about three, the waitress smiled and she winked at me. She said, here is my number, you should drop on by. I said, please, could you get me the waffle fries? With mustard. A man came to my table and he dropped his card. He said, boy, I'm an agent. You could go far. They'd pay a fortune just to see your face. I said, if you could get me a Diet Coke, that'd be great. I got the highest charisma in the land. Just six after six rolling out of my hand. No one cares about your other scores. My intelligence is eight and my wisdom is four. My face looks great and my voice is warm Let the wizards spell and the warriors fight They're not taking home a lady tonight And I'm taking home a lady tonight I gathered myself, it was time to leave When and walked a maiden I'd never seen With her hair in curls and her eyes in green She was the prettiest girl that i ever seen She said forget the drinks and she grabbed my hair You and I will make the perfect pair Carry me home and come to bed with me I said I wish I could laugh but my strength is three I got the highest charisma in the land Just six after six falling out of my head
to other scores My intelligence is eight and my wisdom is four Saving 